This is Consortium Channel 5, Moonbase Reports and Broadcasts. Processed by Zhang Zhu Enclave, Communications and Send Surround Capital of the Consortium. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And another thing. I know this is a new message, but you're going to listen to them all together anyway, so get with the program, Daniels. Another thing. This is it. The end. Last time you'll hear from me, last time I'll use this transmitter and this frequency, I am one day from retirement, and this is the last job I'll do for you. Tomorrow, our partnership is as dead as the dinosaurs. Which may lead to some interesting questions after what's done is done. We promised certain actions for certain discretion on their part. But we never promised to keep their secrets. <laughs> they never said the magic word. Uh-uh-uh. True. But anyhow, it's all set up and ready to go. I started counting down and get the heck to the other side of the base. Everyone will be at the meeting in the lab. I just slip in the back, throw out a quip or two, and then... And then it happens. It happens. Way over in the bunk room, and it's self-contained. It'll be a mess, but then it's done. We're done. Quid pro quo, even Steven, you better do what you've promised from your end, or else I'll... If you don't keep your word, you know I'm gonna... You might not have thought this thing through. You better keep your side of the thing, or I know people. I've still, I've got connections. My picture is on a lot of conspiracy boards in a lot of back rooms connected by miles of string. It's all your fault anyway. You knew who I was when I came here. You only interviewed me because my name was on all the feeds and you could buy me cheap. And then you sent me up here and it's all sly sideways hints about, oh ho ho, our wacky physicist with the checkered past, you'd better play nice. Like I haven't lived half my life with that hanging over my head. That sort of whoever the Greek guy was in the legends. You know it's Damocles and he was Sicilian. Of course, of course I remember that. It's in Rocky Horror, after all. Hey, okay, did you ever do one of those quizzes where you find out which character you are? I always thought I'd be Frankenfurter, but I'm actually... Okay, maybe not the time. Where was I? Right. With that hanging over my head like the sword of the guy. Like, I didn't know that you knew that my very first doctorate, the 
base of my pyramid, the lowest stratum in my sedimental history. Hey, that, that could be a thing. I'm gonna take a sedimental journey. That very bedrock is a fake, a false credential. Not worth the paper, it's, well, okay, they don't print things on paper like they used to back in the good old days, but fine, fine. You want to know why my first doctorate was a fraud? We're in this together now, side by side. You might as well get the whole horse's story. I hope you've got some popcorn, extra butter, box of milk duds. Let's do this. Picture a naive, fresh-faced farm girl all alone in a small Midwestern enclave. Mud on her face and science on her brain. Science was her bread and butter, her deep dish pizza, her chowder down at Fisherman's Wharf when she inevitably made her way to old Sacramento San Fran and the big old Science Institute. Ah, the sciences I've seen, the sciences I've loved. The sciences that kept you warm at night, the coelophysis bowery from the door, put a theropod in every pot and a diploma on every wall. But that's the tragic point. That's, That's the problem, isn't it? Not every wall, not every diploma. I sprinted through my undergrad, doubled geo and biologies, and never slept for about three and a half years. I kept a steady pace through my master's, and then, with a little bit of a break, I had to work some shit jobs to keep books and burritos on the table, but then I made it in, both ways uphill, to that beautiful PhD program in vertebrate paleontology. I beat out a hundred other applicants, and I was in the door, but then I hit the tar pit of senior academia, and step by sinking step, it swallowed me whole. You know, they never warn you when you're slogging your way toward that goal, when you can barely keep your eyes open because you've worked a double shift the night before, when you smell like smoke and spill drinks defending your thesis that even with the scholarships, fellowships, assistantships, that even with the classes to teach and a flock of students and an office shoehorned between the janitor's closet and the sense-around studio, that it might all not be enough. That you just might hit a wall, a glass ceiling, a locked door. What they do say is... Miss Day, we can give you a few more undergraduate sections, spread out your coursework, put off independent study one more semester, and you can feel the mire at your knees as you sink deeper and then deeper, and then next semester they're treating you like junior faculty, technically still registered for classes, but they don't fit your schedule. And then another year goes by and you're up to your waist, your armpits, Then one night you're having drinks after a conference, even though you have to work your night job in an hour, and some loudmouth silver spoon from Atlanta says, it's tempting, knowing there are places where you can just buy a degree. Am I right? And the whole of geologic time, from the Archeon Eon to 945 that night, collapses into one gleaming, dangerously tempting point of light somewhere out in space. Which turns out to be less of a star and more an incoming asteroid, but hey, what's a sciencey gal gonna do? See, here I am now sitting by myself, talking to myself. That's chaos theory. 
I know. I know. It's almost time. Of course, you've got all this. I don't know why I'm telling you. It's all in my file. I tracked down some folks, scraped the money together for a... It still blows that I had to switch to physics, not that the science isn't fascinating, but well, you take what you can get. Some disciplines are easier to fake than others. I had to switch universities, switch enclaves. Good thing then that I didn't have a family to worry about or, you know, (laughs) friends or the kind of colleagues who give a damn, but I was out. I was on the move. I was evolving. I was streamlined and growing feathers and I hit the sky. You can't say anything about my next PhD or the one after that or the lectures or the publications or my lab. My lab. Don't. Gladys, don't. It wasn't like the lab here, where it's all squabbling and eyes on your own work and teachers up in your observatory and they needed a class clown, so I stepped up. This was the gleaming light I'd been reaching for. LEDs over spotless workbenches, banks of optical setups, the hum of the Q machine cooking up electrons. We had to adhere to the Sinopex-approved lines of investigation, of course, but that actually allowed a lot of wiggle room. Just like the late-night goth wave dance parties we slipped in on Fridays. Rawr! It was a world of assistants and pre-docs and post-docs, all of them looking up to me, asking questions, wanting me to review their results or co-author a paper. And that was my only job. I kept the science running. I fostered discovery and chaired discussions and ordered the pizza. They let me pick all the toppings. You can't imagine the feeling of power. (laughs) It's time. Time to press the button. Time to shut down the fences. Just one more thing. I'm sure you know all of that, too. Agent Taylor Daniels, consortium security officer formerly assigned to Moonbase Theta, because it was after that went to shit that your little cabal within a cabal showed up on my doorstep, wasn't it? I mean, not really a doorstep at that point. I was living in a broken-down handsome on a street corner. I, I mean, there's only so long you can take advantage of a former colleague and drag their finances down with another mouth to feed, especially when you're the reason their job disappeared. All my past indiscretions come loudly and scandalously to light, a bigger gaffe than Brontosaurus Excelsus, an extinction event that ruined my lab and my good name and, well... Ruined my everything, right? Whoever leaked that information knew just where it would leave me. So, what a coincidence. You came a-knocking on that roll-down window with a paper on dusty plasma where I was third honorary author, but there was potential for profit, and I was marked down for clearance, so... So you got your inside man on the moon. And your inside draw me a sword. It wasn't great to be working two jobs again, but hey, I figured you've got a full security crew and Howell feeding you info, and that Roger always looked a little shifty and he hears everything, and 
What's it hurt if I feed you a little gossip now and then? For the chance to get my groove back. For the chance to get our science. Of course, I had a few second thoughts after they announced the shutdown. That was fake as a piltdown chicken from day one, but you said it was all arranged, so I went into stasis like a good little spy. And when I came out, how we came out, I shouldn't have even checked the goddamn transmitter again. I shouldn't have listened to any of your messages. I should have avoided all contact and played dead. Because seriously, Daniels, all your orders since then, they've sucked. Like Edwin's tardigrades. Nice one. Tardigrades. You metazoic losers. Now I must say goodbye, farewell, our feeders ain't goodbye. It's time. It's past time. Beyond the countdown. I've got to trigger this thing now, right now, while they're all meeting in the lab and nobody will get hurt. I've got to do the... It's just a simple little... Shit. Shit, 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 shit. I could just... We could, we could stop right now, right? Don't you think? Just not do it. Leave the button unpushed and not do the thing. Just not do it. We could talk to Ashwini. She knows things. Apparently. She might have a way out. Dr. Raptor? You're the one who said we, you know, we never promised to keep secrets. They never... The magic word? Can, can we just... Can we just not do it? Sure. If you don't mind losing everything. Again. Of course. You're, uh, you're right. Let's go. Let's do this. Thanks for joining us again. This episode featured Sarah Ray Werner as Dr. Gladys Day. Our consortium announcer is Evan Tess Murray. Sound design and editing is by DJ Silvis, who also wrote the script and co-produced the episode with Cass McPhee. None of this would be possible without our Patreon backers. Join them at any level and get early access to episodes, including months early access to our upcoming mini-series, All Your Base, and lots of behind-the-scenes content. That's at patreon.com slash monkeymanproductions. Our theme music is Star by the band Ramp. Check them out at ramp-music.net. Transcripts, cast bios, additional music attribution, and more are found on our website, monkeymanproductions.com. Looking for other great audio drama? Visit fableandfolly.com to learn all about the other shows on our network. Today we're recommending a show from our own Ashwini Ray, Tozamon. Check out Rogue Runners, an actual play that's currently diving into the world of Hades. Get into that, and we'll see you two weeks from now for our next bonus episode with the universe's favorite AC, Tumnus. Back soon to the moon.
Consortium Channel 5 ends our broadcast day with a final message. Honor all curfews, listen to security, and keep watching the moon. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. My friend Shayna was like, just so you know, everyone in the Villainous League is coming to kill you. And I was like, oh boy. Imagine NPR in the MCU. The Daily Planet's style desk. Car talk for jetpacks. It's these American supers. 100% invisible. The speech bubble. It's sequential. The utility belt. Superhuman Public Radio is a fiction podcast telling the hilarious and heartbreaking stories of people in a superpowered world. I thought I was going to die. An invisible car in Chicago? A wee supervillain? These are the stories that fall between the panels of comic books. I think they knew that I didn't mean to do that to Arizona. Wasabi! Oh my God, he could kill himself! Kid, I feel like you're not giving this problem your all. No, no, but Yes, I guess most people would call them a death squad. Superhuman Public Radio. Superhuman Stories. The only limits are your imagination, and I have a wild imagination. New episodes every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts. This is SPR. Name the supervillain, and we've done the gig. But these Wall Street types that lack the answers to, yikes.